Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay. Wow. Here we go. Okay. Podcast starts now. Wow. Hello. Um, oh. <laughs> oh my intro God. For me. No, so I had, we, we just recorded a very, like very good high energy episode. And then as soon as we hung up, you revealed that you have been kind of hungover and tired this whole time, but yeah, as, the, as the professional that you are, I mean, you were almost like, can I do this again? <laughs> It was, I mean, it was truly like, it's almost that thing that you see in like behind the music things where it's like, yeah, as soon as they were on stage, they were killing, but behind the scenes, you'll (laughs) never know what pain they were going through. You really were being Katy Perry getting on stage after crying. Yes. And it was tough because even you had to be part of the illusion. I couldn't even show my true self to you. And so, but then when the, the episode ended, yeah, everything came crashing down and I said, I don't even know if I can do this. And, 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 uh, but here I am and I can even tell as I'm talking to the microphone, the life is coming back into me Mm -hmm. because guess what? I love the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're also evolving as an artist because first you felt the need to hide your true self, but now you're actually bringing it into the art and you are able mm-hmm. to embrace this side of yourself, this more vulnerable side while mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. Sort of the way I podcast, it could be described as raw. It could be yeah. described as, um, groundbreaking raw parentheses, a little more personal in the words <laughs> of Lindsay Lohan. And thank you for bringing it back to the greats. Um, 
Yeah, I feel I think it's definitely um, sort of a, a truthful energy that other podcast hosts could never. And mm -hmm. um, I think our listeners will really appreciate uh, such brutal honesty. Yes, I agree. I mean, the thing with this episode and we're not bringing in our guest yet. And in fact, if she speaks, I will absolutely scream at her but <laughs> the thing with our guest which i which has been kind of comforting to me all morning is i'm like i know she is someone who like is high energy does crowd work is able to like handle improv and that i almost think that then makes me so i'm like i feel too safe and i'm like oh, i don't have to say anything i'll just let her kind of talk <laughs> well but i'm like no we have to be on alert I'm definitely addicted to talking about our guest when she is not allowed to speak. Uh, yet. Um, I think that is really fun and playful. Yeah. And um, I want to say that when our guest sent a certain message about potentially being hungover as well, <laughs> I, I felt such solidarity and I felt yeah. um, that was when I could be my true hungover self. And that's when I revealed to George that I myself was also hungover. Well, and she allowed you to be, to, to live out loud. <laughs> Yeah, because before that I was hiding and I was saying, no, I'm fine. Oh, last night I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, just read a couple books. Um, but, you know, then but then this I just felt so supported and I knew I could uh, reveal my true hungover self. That's so, so you know, I actually not, I don't want to brag or pretend I'm better than anyone. You know, I, I would never do anything like that. But no. last night, you know, I was out having in fact a cocktail and I almost ordered a second one. And I said, you know what? I have been hung over so many times while recording this podcast that I cannot do it again. Like I have to actually not drink this final <laughs> nightcap because I will be so cranky the next morning if I have to record while hungover. So I actually yeah. have never felt better. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I think, I think that's really responsible and good. I kind of knew with my plans last night, I was like embracing the fact that I was going to feel bad today. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes you're like, did I bite off more than I can chew? In many ways, yes. Part of me yeah. was like, I need to lay down and I'm in pain. Yeah. But the other part of me is like, oh, hush up. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine. And I do feel, and this is toxic. And if you're a child and you're listening to this podcast, don't do what I'm about to say. But sometimes um, I enjoy being hungover. I feel like it's similar to being high and that it makes you sort of um, like your base instincts are all you can rely on. Yes. Like, I feel like in the last episode, um, we were being very funny and mm -hmm. I feel like it was because I was uh, rolling in with such hungover energy. Right. Well, I, I often feel that basically I have to keep talking against all odds because if I stop talking, I will collapse. <laughs> that, that's kind of, that, that, that is, I would say, how I feel when I am in that state. Yes. I will say, just to be completely transparent and honest, this time I'm not sure if I'm in fact being funny. I would say this <laughs> is um, potentially um, not hitting. The hangover energy is actually being a downer and not an upper. Well, maybe we addressed it too much. I mean, the thing with vulnerability is that you have to do it um, in moderation. <laughs> Otherwise, suddenly it's a sob story. You know, like you don't want to mm -hmm. go in and immediately start talking about your trauma. In this case, being hungover you yeah because then people get uncomfortable people are like oh okay um i'm sorry you're hungover yeah they're like is it even ethical for me to be listening to this do you th i think in fact you're kind of i would say a, a new word i learned recently trauma dumping <laughs> you're actually trauma dumping by talking about being hungover and listeners are you know they're kind of having to confront parts of themselves that they weren't ready to yeah i mean 
And I guess I, to any listener out there, I would just have to say, I'm sorry. I never meant to Mm -hmm. trauma dump, but I see where I went wrong. And I, if anything, I should put the walls back up and brutal honesty is out. Um, Mm -hmm. Being aggressively fake is in. Yes, I would 100% agree. And we'll put kind of a a warning in the beginning of this episode, like Zendaya (laughs) did with Euphoria. Uh, And with a hotline for people who don't have a drinking problem, but drank a lot one night and then woke up hungover. (laughs) It's, It's not really for any kind of serious problem or addiction. In fact, we want to stigmatize something like that. This is more about just having a couple more drinks. (laughs) This is sort of about going off on a particular evening, which many people do. Yeah, many people do. It doesn't mean it's right. (laughs) It does not mean it's right. It doesn't mean you shouldn't feel shame about it, but you know, it does happen. Yeah. I uh, tell you what. Hmm. I'm, like, I'm like, okay, I can either continue talking about my hangover, which is not fun. No, you have to be aggressively can... fake. We decided that's the new thing. <laughs> okay. 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 Aggressively fake. Aggressively fake. Um, okay. Wait, hold on. Fuck. What do people talk about? Um, <laughs> okay. 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 So George, hmm. who do you think is going to win best actress this year? Oh my God. You're, th- you're taking my interest and in saying that they're aggressively fake. That this is what I talk about when I'm, I'm literally being my, against you. The, predicting Oscars is what I do when I'm being my fullest and most radical self. And you're suddenly <laughs> saying that is being fake. I'll tell you who I think I'm going to win I think it's going to be, and I don't agree with it, but I think it's going to be suddenly randomly Nicole Kidman. Really? Yeah. I think, I think the Academy likes, first of all, likes people playing real people, likes a story about um, the business itself. Sure. I think they love the idea of Nicole Kidman playing Lucille Ball. And I think they like the kind of Aaron Sorkin energy. So I don't know. I think uh, I'm preparing myself for a Nicole Kidman win, even though I still think I could see either Olivia Coleman or Kristen Stewart coming through the rear. You know, if Kristen Stewart won, that would be funny. And I would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it if she thanked the author of Twilight. <laughs> I think that would be really full circle. Um, and I think it would be fun, you know, just as someone who has shit talked her on this podcast before, I think it would be real egg in my face. Um, oh, that's you know, right. You, you are not a Kristen Stewart fan. No, but I'm coming around. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Sometimes I'll Literally just have an opinion cares? for no reason. So. I completely agree. It's like lying. <laughs> like people are like, why did you lie? I'm like, I felt like it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I wanted to have an opinion. I wanted to have a feeling for once. Like, yes, yeah, some- I don't stand <laughs> by it at all. Right. Like it's kind of our responsibility to make life dramatic and make it have stakes. <laughs> and like, if it, if it isn't happening organically, you kind of, you kind of have to just say something. Yeah. It's like the, what's really awesome is that I can change my opinion on a damn dime like i will come on a podcast that will be recorded for eternity and say kristen stewart sucks she's bad at acting and i don't like her the next day in a conversation i'll be like i actually love kristen stewart and i want to see her in movies i think Uh, that actually (laughs) that is something that gets lost in conversations about sorry to say this cancel culture is like if i was ever if i was ever called out for something i said my statement i would release a statement on notes app and the statement would have one word and it would be never mind <laughs> Why do more people just do that? That's what I would do. Yeah, enough apologizing. Enough apologizing. Yeah. More like just denying and yeah, changing just, your opinion. Just be like, oh, sorry. You know, I mean, yeah, I guess that, that's an apology that was... quite literally. But I, you know, but I would just say, you know, never mind. 
Yeah, I don't power. JK. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. I don't really think that anymore. Yeah, sorry. Genius. Yeah. Oh, again, I'm again with the apologies. <laughs> it's it's so ingrained in me that I can't not apologize. George, you have to stop apologizing. I have to keep ma- I keep making myself smaller <laughs> in the words in the words of Chimamanda Adichie. Um, but I have to stop. She was saying that about gay podcasters. Yeah. And you need to make yourself bigger. I need to make myself bigger. But you know, that's just something, you know, anyone can take that. Never mind. <laughs> That's kind of a, a, a motto I live. That's my um. What is it called when you have a mon- a mantra? That's my mantra. Mm, never mind. I never mind. That. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Sh- 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 were you, what were you about to say? I, I mean, you. I think you know what I was about to I think, say. I think I know what you were about to say. I and I think there's really no way around it. And I think, I think ultimately there we have no choice but to welcome to the lab <laughs> someone whose presence has been, uh, I would say, a, a, a phantom, a phantom thread. <laughs> during this entire conversation mm, sure. um and if anyone disagrees with that never mind <laughs> yeah we we don't care we made that we up. don't care i don't <laughs> believe anything i'm saying um but you know what i do never believe have. is that i'm excited to bring in this guest and so without further ado please welcome to this exact podcast that we're recording currently the one and only Grace Freud. Grace, welcome to the lab. Hi, everybody. Wow. <laughs> now, Grace, let's so, get into it. What? I was so moved by mm-hmm. this intro. I, I yeah. feel like I learned so much about myself, mainly that it's okay that I'm really hungover right now <laughs> and that it's, it's okay that I'm recording this in the bedroom of someone I've seen just a few times and yeah. past 10 minutes before we could start <laughs> recording. Uh, and I think, I think I'm just, I'm feeling really good going into this after that, that intro. Grace, one follow-up question. You did mention you are in the room of someone you are seeing and recording. In fact, in that room, is that person still in the same room as you? No, not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) At some point in the intro, they left. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That is good. Uh, there was a part of me that was like, wow, is this person really going to watch the whole time? And I was like, now that is vulnerability. Yeah. That what is kind like... of sick, kinky kind <laughs> yeah, of that's... vibe are we? That would be disgusting. And I would actually, uh, I would, I would leave. Um, yeah. You would, would leave in the middle of I the would, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I would let them finish recording the podcast <laughs> that would be yeah that would be and i think that you you two would actually all of a sudden have like some sort of like serial making a murderer on your mm, hands yeah you get to interview this person who's obviously a serial killer before <laughs> they had been caught you know yeah. like it would be like a criminal minds type <laughs> thing yeah. all of a sudden um so you're kind of a you know, skipping a few relationship steps, really, because to come out to this person you've only recently started dating as someone who guests on podcasts hosted by gay men. Yes. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that was the right move. Uh, I, I think that I maybe should have like thought it through a little mm. bit more, you know, just in this like incredible, it's so hard when you're in this beautiful trans queer polyamorous community sphere mm. uh, to sometimes confuse being vulnerable for asking too much. And I'm worried that I asked too much by <laughs> seeing if I could record this last yeah. minute <laughs> in their bedroom. <laughs> No, that's very, it's very true. It's like, uh, it's like, take me back to cis heteromonogamy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Every, you know, the simple pleasure of like, 
having a house in Tucson with a podcasting room, right? Yes. So yes. You, you know exactly where you're going to record the episode of Stradio Live you're guesting on, yada, yada, yada. Oh, my dad's podcasting room is just God. gorgeous. I'll never forget yeah. the smell. It's so Midwest. And maple, all maple. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Maple. yeah, he built it himself. It was a big and, project. Uh, Full of pictures of um, him with past guests. Yeah. Bill Clinton. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Chelsea, Chelsea Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. a podcast all about, my dad it was a podcast all about he the Clintons. Re- he had a podcast all about the Clintons and he loved it. And he loved it till the day he died. He was murdered by the Clintons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, he wouldn't be the only one. Like a model train with the mic on it. <laughs> <laughs> made it really hard to record but like he insisted he thought that was so cool i do like the idea of uh of podcasting as a father-son bonding activity <laughs> like my son wants to have a, a gay podcast then i build him a podcasting studio and that's how we bond not to uh force us into the topic of the yes. pod but I genuinely wonder if there's a podcasting merit badge now. I would not be surprised <laughs> wow. if there was. I truly wouldn't be. I did, wait, we need to. That's we should, actually dark. Okay, wait. Should we just do our first segment and then get into the topic? Sure. Because I'm like, I'm like, this is a rich topic that I actually am. Uh, it is a part of a very brief part of my past that I truly have just um, kind of pushed down and have never mm-hmm. dealt with in my adult life. I'm worried about the topic. Actually. It's a really <laughs> disgusting and scary topic. Okay. It's a, it's a really terrifying topic. In fact, when I thought of it, I was like, oh, this is perfect. And then as soon as I sent it to George, I was like, this is traumatic. I Should we have a safe it. word? <laughs> yeah, we below. Okay, we below. <laughs> um, well, Grace. Well, yes. Yeah. Okay, our first segment. Our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we gauge your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid fire, nonsensical questions where you have to choose between one thing or another thing. And the one rule is that you can't ask any follow up questions about how the game works. You just have to go with your gut, Girlina. So, Sam, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, Okay, Grace. Toots, sweetie, or baby cakes? I'm going to say sweetie. Okay, Grace. Extending an olive branch or extending your car's warranty? Extending an olive branch. Mm. Okay. Jessica Alba or Alan Alda? (laughs) Alan Alda, for sure. (laughs) Water under the bridge or Disney on ice? Disney on ice. Um, burping or farting? <laughs> farting. <laughs> okay, Grace. Interpreting something literally, interpreting something metaphorically, or interpreting everything as being about you? Interpreting everything as being about me. <laughs> okay. It's a Wonderful Life or It's a Me Mario? It's a Me Mario. <laughs> Being proud to be American or being ashamed to be gay? Being ashamed to be gay. <laughs> wow. Uh, we really just <laughs> swept through those. We really did. Uh, what if this is our first episode that's truly like 20 minutes long? <laughs> We're no. actually so efficient. We thought Grace would come in and like 
be, you know, it's like, because she's so kind of competent, we're like, wow, she's going to really carry it through. And in fact, she's too competent and it's going to be over in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So essentially this is what I was thinking about my point and bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is there a point system? Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually. Well, sometimes we decide there is, sometimes we decide there isn't. Technically we rate you on a scale of one to 1000 doves and I must say just for efficiency, I'm going to go 900 doves <laughs> because it seemed to me like you immediately got the spirit of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I'm taking off a hundred doves for, in fact, being too efficient. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, I liked that you put weight on your answers, but I do feel like you forgot to luxuriate in the moment. Yes. You know, a a podcast only happens sometimes once in a lifetime. And (laughs) that's true. (laughs) I I should have really, you know, celebrated the, uh, this experience. And I really did not, I didn't do that. Well, it makes us think, you know, does this, is this, important to you <laughs> like are you are you appreciating the moment i am so appreciative <laughs> i think that appreciate there's a difference though between appre- being appreciative and appreciating though Whoa. you know yeah so i i was i am appreciative oh i see you've already done the work think, of being i don't think i was but i don't think i was actively appreciating it in that moment that is very interesting no it's and it's to be appreciative of a being on a podcast is a daily like it's a daily practice you you have to stay up with it and you you know people start to rest and they think oh well you know i'm i'm just on the pod i'm like grateful but it's like no it's it's an active decision (laughs) this is fascinating to me because it is actually kind of um you can kind of apply it to anything i think you need to be active in your various feelings like mm. let's say you love someone you have to practice that love every day not just like yeah. decide you love them and then have that be taken for granted or let's say you are grateful you have to practice gratitude every day in that same way when you do a podcast you have to basically be in a constant state of appreciating <laughs> its yeah. gay co-hosts yes yeah. exactly and i from this point on in this recording <laughs> i promise to be actively appreciating my two wonderful gay podcast co-hosts <laughs> who yes laugh kind of similarly but all but like do bring different things to the table you know mm-hmm. i i think it should definitely be a recurring segment that we make the guest like beg us to remain on the podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know we were thinking who was saying this? Someone, I think maybe Matthew was saying it, that like we should have our guests, if we ever do ads, we should have our guests read ads. And I think we need to take that a step further and kind of like put all, the, like rather than the guest be like, oh, we're hosting and it's our party and welcome. Rather than that, have the guest do all the work. I mean, maybe the guest could even come up with all the straight shooters from now on. I think we need to put more pressure. Like, I think frankly, guest identified individuals have gotten too comfortable. <laughs> I mean, even yes. the fact that, like, you know, people talk about, like, do you pay your guests? And it's like, well, actually, our guests should Venmo us. <laughs> they should Venmo us. <laughs> There's something very trans about that, too, because 
it's basically, you know, like a trans, but not MTF, not FTM. It's GTH, guest to host. Right? <laughs> Thank <laughs> so, you so much, Grace. Yeah. Thank you for recognizing that this podcast ultimately tells a trans narrative. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my okay. God. Really Wait, G to H. That. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very yeah. fascinating. And, and indisputable. I and say. indisputable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. Thank you for pointing out that what we're doing is also politically radical not just it really is yeah not just yeah. a way to offload our um, our responsibilities huh huh well with that i actually feel like we're ready to get into the topic yeah grace <laughs> i would love to know first of all what the topic is second of all what makes it straight and third why you chose it Oh, wow. I mean, so you they, can also uh, answer yeah. none of those questions. We don't care. <laughs> we, yeah, the <laughs> whole thing is, is we start. actually don't care. You, you thought this was going to be 20 minutes long, but this is actually the start of a special Stradio Lab six-hour <laughs> like premium mini-series for the yes. Patreon. Yes, it's giving, um, it's giving showtime. It's giving yes. showtime. Uh, the topic is Boy Scouts. Um, it's one of those things where the joke is often about like how gay it is, you know, like, and I think that like what I don't like about that kind of joke sometimes, I'm not saying it's like bad to make, but like, is that like, I was, I was in Boy Scouts, excuse me. And to me, like, yeah, maybe like, like our uniforms or whatever, like, Oh, that's gay. Or like, like yada, yada. Like, obviously you can, you can make jokes about it. But it was oppressively straight. It was like an oppressively straight organization. And like you're being trained to be a soldier, essentially. Yes. That's what Boy Scouts is. So it's there's like this weird, like violent component to it, you know, this weird, like kind of like primal survivalist component to it. Um and uh, for all of the like like jokes about like the uniforms and like the like the just you know like going off into the woods with a bunch of other guys or whatever like you know like the or like even like jokes about like leaders being pedophiles which they were mm-hmm. like yada yada at the end of the day any of the like gay like any any like like actual enjoyable gayness is not actually there while you're experiencing yeah. it, you know, like yeah. it's just this very, uh, flaccid, uh, sweat. Like it's like, it, it, it is like, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance and it is sweaty and, and you're, and you, it's like, it is like, like there, there's all of these like different components that like, you could like be like, Oh, that's gay. Well, what a fucking faggot you are, mm-hmm. you know, yada, yada, yada. But but when you're actually experiencing them in the context of Boy Scouts, it's like the straightest thing in the world, yeah. you know? I think it's also, you're pointing to something interesting about kind of things like the army, things like Boy Scouts, things like fraternities, where it's like, it almost is actually straighter because they swallow up all the gay elements. It's like, yes, exactly. they're, they're making yeah. even being gay straight. Yes, 100%. They're making, it's like, yeah, I, it, I guess it's funny to joke about that, but like in actuality, that kind of like what is it's exactly what you're saying. It kind of wipes away the truth of it, which is that like even with all of those components, it's still this like toxically mm-hmm. like corrosive straight thing, you know, yeah. that turns like any sort of like gayness that seems to obviously be there. It like wipes it away. It's, it's like, like a black hole. Like you, yeah, it's exactly, like a yeah. gay thing can't survive. Like a little gay thing can't yeah. survive because it just gets taken into the black hole of straight. 
Yes. And so I think the scouts, that's something that I haven't really spent that much time thinking about in a critical way um, since I was done with it. Uh, so that's why I thought it would be a good topic. And I remember like, I chose to be done with it. I was on this like, like high adventure thing that they call it, um, in, in the keys. Uh, uh, and we were like on this boat for a couple of weeks and I was like on this boat and I was like, Oh, like, I guess it's like fun to be on this boat, but also like this organization like hates who I am. Mm -hmm. And if I came out, I would get stripped of my title or whatever. So like, maybe it's not worth it to go. <laughs> on like a little trip and still and be able to like I just remember like having this like that sounds so basic but like 17 year old me was like it was like 6 a.m and I was like looking across the ocean and being like yeah this isn't gonna work anymore and then like once I got back home I was like all right done with that wow the things we'll do for a little trip yeah. I know it, it is really like it's the ultimate dilemma of like <laughs> basically like should i is it worth it to feel completely oppressed for the sake of a little trip yeah, that is that is a tough call it really is a tough call um I, like you know i mean i think i've had to make that call as an adult too like i went <laughs> to a cousin's wedding like one of the only cousins who still speaks with me uh and so I was surrounded by me and my partner were surrounded by like family members who thought like I was just like, you know, like a stain on existence for being mm -hmm. trans the whole time. I was like, you fucking idiot. What did you expect? Like you really thought like, you could just go to this wedding. And be, like not the worst experience in the world. No, I should have sent a cart. You know? But you were like hypnotized by the possibility of hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love a good reception. Who doesn't? Yeah, it's who like doesn't? it's like a very unique experience. So once again, you're like, it is it worth it to feel it, oppressed? If there are yeah, 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 yep, exactly, exactly. I remember being like jealous in a similar way of things we would do for a little trip. I wanted to like go like I was jealous of the religious people that would go to like build homes and like Haiti or something like I'd be like I want to go on a I want to go to Haiti but then I was like but then I have to be religious and I was like I, I it's not worth it I I didn't take the swing and I kind of did the same thing with Boy Scouts where I was like this seems the homoeroticism appealed to me obviously mm -hmm. and I was like wait are they like jerking each other off in there like I, I want to do that but then when it came down to it I was like well I actually don't want to like build a fire in the woods and wear a little uniform and blah, blah, blah. I had, so I did Cub Scouts and I probably for a total of like a year and a half and then never pursued it further, but I have a distinct, and this was, you know, I was young. My parents had only been in the country for a little bit. I just, I distinctly remember throughout the entire time doing it, not understanding the concept of what it was. Like I, I had no concept of like the history of Boy Scouts, what it means in like, I was just like, I literally would just go through the motions. They would tell me like, wear this little handkerchief. Like you can put these <laughs> pins on your shirt. And I was like, I don't know. Like I was in second, I was like, I do not know what this means. Like it is the equivalent of like watching a, a, a very like adult movie. You don't understand. I was like, I will do whatever you're telling me, but I have no idea what my goals are here or how this fits into the rest of culture. At some point we had to like build these like kind of, um, 
uh, wind up little planes, like wind up little toy planes that then would race and one of them would win. And I, I was just like, I have no idea how this fits. Is this part of school? Is this like an extracurricular activity? I was just doing what I was told, but I do have a very distinct memory of us racing those wind up little planes in some kind of, you know, gym and before the race of, again, these wind up little planes that kids made, they played the national anthem. Oh no. And I just, even at that young age, I remember being like, this is wrong. (laughs) <laughs> like we should not be playing the national anthem before doing a wind up plane race. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like it's weird because it seems really like the goal of Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts is to like make Marines. And yes. I know so few former Scouts who like became, who like went into the military, even though that seems to be like a, the explicit goal, maybe even, you know? Yeah. Well, um, that's I, I, when you said that, I was like, yes, it's literally like the army for kids, but mm-hmm. they don't, tell you that it's like (laughs) it's like yeah you have to learn how to tie knots but like yeah that's a that's an army thing (laughs) and how to fire every kind of gun you know (laughs) wow i do wish like there is room in childhood for like practical class. Like I do need to know home, how to like home ed. Isn't that what that is? Home home ec. Yeah. Home ec. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they don't even really have it anymore, but it's like, oh, I would no. love, I wish I knew more about like building a fire than I did about math. Like a hundred percent. I wish, I mean, that's basically, I've said this before, not to get on my high horse, but I'm like, we need some sort of public service that is not war themed. <laughs> like if, if instead, cause like, you know how in, I mean, in many countries like Israel and Greece, like you have to do like a, a mandatory military service. I'm like, do a ma- some other kind of mandatory public service, do have your, make it so that for one year you have to choose between like the post office, the library, something like all these public things. And just for one year, you have to work as a public, as an employee of the state. <laughs> like, why does it have to be war always? <laughs> Why does it have to be war always? Um, so wait, Grace, you were in Scouts for like kind of a while if you did it till you were 17. Yeah, I was in Scouts for like 12 years, I guess. Wow. Were yeah. you, if you don't mind me asking, good at it? Yeah, did you enjoy it? Um, I I I I think no, neither <laughs> of them. Um, like I I I was not well what good at i guess like what i'm trying to think i to me being a good scout would have been like kind of like falling in line and be like to me being a good scout would have been like a good being like a good little straight like guy who like Mm -hmm. like tumbled around with with the other guy i i had panic attacks all the time and cried all the time, including on camping trips and stuff. Uh, so everyone like hated me. I was like obviously very fruity. My mom just kept making me do this stuff. I did like to camp. I did mm-hmm. like being out in the wilderness. I still like to do that. I did learn a lot of stuff, I guess. But I was, I think, like a good scout in the con- like in actuality was like like someone who like got along with all of the other scouts super well. And was like just like good at like masculine stuff, and I was like really not good at that, and I wasn't like very strong, and I got scared really easily if there was like a thunderstorm or something. I was like really, 
I was, I was, I was actually like really not a very good scout at all. I would say, um, and yet she persisted. You know, like, yeah. I really, truly, I, I almost became an Eagle Scout. Um, and I like dipped out right before. But there were things, there were some friends that I had in it. There were things that I liked about it. But I think for the most part, it was just another, it was the biggest version of my mom being like, this is a thing for boys that Mm -hmm. you're a boy and you need to do this. So it was like the one that like kept going like after like sports and stuff like that. Like I was, even after I got out of sports, I was still like a scout, you know? Yeah. It's interesting that at least sports, there's a kind of clear point. Whereas with Boy Scouts, it's just like masculinity training. Yeah. You can just keep at it. Um, And I guess to be fair to the the Boy Scouts, they're now the Scouts and they accept all sorts of people. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's only after a land, like maybe like one of the only second to the Catholic church big like fucking like lawsuit for child sexual abuse yes, um, so yes. like i think that was kind of their like rebranding post like being outed for all of that <laughs> right well there's nothing better if you're ever accused of a crime there's nothing better than coming back with well we're lgbtq friendly <laughs> yeah yeah if you did like yeah if you did something like like if you're accused of something like homophobic or transphobic, you can always just say you're bi and non-binary too. (laughs) 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 Which is essentially what the Scouts did. Yeah. I do like the idea of the head of the Scouts, whoever that is. It's like Eric (laughs) Prince coming out and being like, well, I'm (laughs) (laughs) non-binary. I love um from Boy Scouts to Buy Scouts. <laughs> We're rebranding as the Buy Scouts. The Buy Scouts. Now that I would love. All of us go both ways. Like rather, yeah, like rather than being rather than being trained to be in the military, being trained to be bisexual. Yeah, we need to. I, mean, uh, I think our media is doing a pretty good job already. <laughs> so, uh, Say that. Say that. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I also, okay, wait, how do we feel about like Girl Scout culture? I've heard so many different perspectives on it. So my mom was a Girl Scout. And when she told me about being a Girl Scout, it was very similar to like my experience with the Scouts, which was like camping, wilderness stuff, horses, yada, 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 going on trips and being a camp counselor and stuff. But my friend's who grew up like in a, like a, like my mom grew up in Northern Minnesota. Right. Um, so in a small town, my friends who grew up like in major metropolitan areas, it was like, Oh, we like learned how to knit or something, you know? So I think that like the, there's like a huge spectrum of experiences for Girl Scouts. I always thought Girl Scout, my sisters did, or one of my sisters did brownies. I mean, I guess this is the pattern. None of us ever graduated to the, to the actual things. She never became a Girl Scout, but like I would do, I would like help her with, I think I was, it was like helping like unpack the cookies, like the cookies would come in bulk and then we would put them into little boxes for individual orders. And to me, and I just did that, I think, cause I enjoyed it. That to me was so, was like a genuinely such a fun 
thing. Like I love the different cookies. I love that they were each a different color. And then you look through the orders and then you put them in boxes that it's like, if there was a way for me to have been socialized like that, rather than having to race wind up planes after the national anthem played, I mean, God, it would be such a better existence. Like I truly there's, I, I have such warm feelings towards the concept of girl scout cookies. Yeah. I think, I think that's honestly like a good, we, we had like our cookies, but they were like, not fun, like cookies, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like popcorn. And then it was like Christmas trees and wreaths and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that just doesn't quite have the um, zing that cookies do. I know. know? No, the cookies, like the cultural impact of the cookies. Mm -hmm. It's so weird how much people love them in a way where I'm like, are we being brainwashed what's going on how do we (laughs) all like them it's cool it's all right you know like they're changing the names so like they're not offensive anymore so we're all good like we can love the cookies we can love the cookies one interesting thing about girl scouts is when the boy scouts changed their name to scouts and started accepting girls the girl scouts sued because they were like, no, that's our thing. <laughs> which, oh which, my God, that's uh, so funny. Yeah, I like, love that. Uh, it, you could almost view it as like, uh, you know, just a, 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 a totally um, needed act. It wasn't like about like their vanity or whatever, like, because they were just like, hey, those guys are pedophiles. Like, we got to stop them from getting to the girls too. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Oh, wow. Maybe like maybe in an ideal world, I mean, I guess this would still be a binary world, but in an ideal world, maybe both organizations would accept people of all genders. And it would just have to do with like you, if you, whether or not you wanted to be trained in masculinity or femininity, and you could just pick one, regardless of what your gender was. You want to learn to bake or shoot guns? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting, George, that you're bringing up about like how you joined Cub Scouts like right after you like immigrated here, mm-hmm. like pretty much because like there were like a lot of immigrants in my Cub Scout group too. And I, I think that was like a regular thing. I wonder if that was like a, like, that's like essentially the army. We better go like bring our kids there to like yeah. learn how to be American or whatever. Yeah. It was very much, um, it was one of those things where, you know, day to day in school, I was very assimilated. I certainly didn't feel foreign, whatever. And it was one of those rare things where, I suddenly saw everyone in a different light. Like I suddenly saw all the dads dressed in this kind of country club white way and like be very intense about the national anthem. And I was like, oh, this is, these kids are going home to a different reality than my own. Like everyone else is secretly like obsessed with the army. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. That is kind of like terrifying. in, in In a similar vein, there were a lot, like, my dad wasn't really in the picture. There were a lot of, like, kids in there with, like, single moms. And I think their thought process was, like, well, they don't have a dad in the picture, so yeah. I better make sure my son, like, learns how to be a man somehow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's do it in, like, maybe the worst way possible, like, as it turns out. Um, but, uh, wow. This conversation, I'm, like, so glad my parents did not force me to do that. Like, I'm like, wow, this would have been, I'm so grateful to not have been in the Boy Scouts. You know, I actually think you would have found a way into it. I think you would have thrived. Yeah, I really do. I I kind of, I think, I mean, it's actually crazy that I 
haven't ever seen a photo of you in a full boy scout outfit <laughs> yeah i have I, i'm surprised you have it I, I it's just I my fan art that i make of sam where i draw him wearing a boy scout outfit i mean part of the, the boy scout vibe i really like in a fantasy if yes, we're only doing course. like the positive uh i do uh like the premise but mm-hmm. i think in reality it would be miserable i also think my relationship with masculinity has as I've gotten older, become more casual and relaxed and I can enjoy it. I feel like as a kid, I was very like, Oh no, no. Like I don't want to be expected to do that stuff. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of, I mean, not to, I, I we can't be like, I just, it really is the ultimate con. Like it, it's like, it is, it's like, yes, it is George. the one thing that yes. threatens. It's like the one thing that threatens <laughs> everyone. And yet everyone is sacrificing so much to achieve it constantly. Like yeah. why we need to just, I mean, there needs to be a different way. <laughs> yeah. What way, what, what one do you think? Yeah. Uh, what do you want? Yeah, what what do I, want? I mean, yeah. I honestly, I, what's I, the different way? Yeah. I guess what I want is the Girl <laughs> no Scouts. Like, I guess. Not have a, yeah. <laughs> well, when you brought up the Girl Scouts, it made me think of like how like my Girl Scouts was like musical theater. <laughs> like I really wanted to be involved in musical theater. My like entire childhood, my mom just like wouldn't allow it because she thought it would make me more bullied. And I I cannot emphasize enough how much bullied I already was. Like there was like not more bullied just wouldn't have mattered at that point. It would have been just diminishing returns on, on, on the bullies, right? Um, and I eventually got to when I was like in like 10th grade, I think. Um, but like I, so my version of like being in Boy Scouts and looking at Girl Scouts is really like being in Boy Scouts and being like, I wish we were all singing and dancing right now. <laughs> like we should put on a show. Like, Wow. I mean, you'd think it would be easy to put on a show. Everyone is like good at following directions. Everyone's yes. like striving to get that next badge. It's well, just put on the music, man. We did skits um, as part of like, present like at what at camp when there was like like the merit badges were passed out and stuff part of that would be skits that we would throw on and the first sketches i ever wrote were skits for these that bombed in ways that make it so uh, any bomb i would have now as like a professional stand-up comedian Mm. would never would never match that you know like yeah well the only thing worse than enforced masculinity is sketch comedy so (laughs) (laughs) wow see the thing is i was really trying to subvert both Mm. um and i just i i just wasn't able to quite do it well it wasn't your audience and i think that that's what's cruel about those situations is and you were in the black hole anything you would have done that would have been like that's the thing anything you would have done that would have been in any way subversive would have immediately turned straight upon you doing it (laughs) yeah i I remember like i must have been in like fifth grade or sixth grade i had wrote written one about like a toilet that doesn't want you to poop in it everyone was like Uh, that's so like no one laughed. They were that's just honestly like, really? genius. That's, that's so like, funny. Yeah. For me. This, this is disgusting. How dare you? And I was like, all right. Wow. That sounds like it would crush. I know. I like want to see that on SNL. <laughs> um, what's Sarah? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I've, I've got an idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're calling Lauren. Lauren. He's yeah, on the yeah. line. Yeah. We're, okay. Lauren's on the line. Good. 
uh, the, I'm like, okay, things that I fantasized about as a child include Boy Scouts. And the other one was wrestling. This was another thing that was like very masculine that I was like, I bet if I could do that, it'd be really fun. But then I would never actually do it because in reality, I would hate it. I was, I was in wrestling for a really? few years. Yes. Oh, um, and I hate it so much. Yeah. <laughs> I truly, really despised it. It hurt. It really hurt. I mean, like, you're like getting beat up. Yeah. Yes. You're like grappling. You're not like having fun. It's not like fun wrestling. It's like you're doing specific grapples and moves. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of wrestling, when it, like the sport of wrestling, not uh, is like just like grunting and trying to pull harder <laughs> until you're able to like pull harder. <laughs> you are talking to the right audience. Yeah. <laughs> Until you're able to pull hard enough that you flip the person or they're able to pull hard enough that they flip you. And then you're like flat on your ass. What led you to wrestling? I must know. My mom just made me do a lot of different sports. I love my mom. mom Is this sport (laughs) every single, like I had to be in a sport at all times when I was in elementary school, pretty much. Wow. Um, What was a sport you liked? I guess I didn't mind parts of baseball yeah um Mm. because i felt like i got along with the kids on my team the best there because i was kind of able to just like goof around and like i was like sitting down watching the game for the most part but even that i didn't like it because like these pitchers would like hit me on purpose because i was very fat and so like they would just i would get hit a lot by balls Oh, I, I when see. I look yeah. at it, God, like, kids like, are I, so. Yeah, I would just like get hit by. Uh, I'm I'm fairly certain that it was on one time. I got hit six times in one game. No, um, and because God. and because of that, we won. Like it was <laughs> enough, it was enough. Like take your bases that that they they added up to a run. The kids um, literally like they care more about bully. Like they care more about bullying than winning the game. Yeah. And I was a spastic little bitch. But, <laughs> but also, you know, like there were reasons I was a spastic little bit. Yeah, and that's so, not that's yeah. not that's not a reason for someone to be violent towards you. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't I know. I guess you're, about you're that. right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's in a case by case basis. <laughs> Can you please stop reverse trauma dumping on me right now? <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, I was in a, a ton of sports. I, I think the one I hated the most though was football. Oh god! Uh, yeah, I just I I I I felt like I was hurting people when I was tackling them because I was, and I I felt really bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but that's not so, what I was best at. Very easily. right. Well, it's so interesting to have just or not interesting, but I, I mean tragic to have the very correct instinct that like I don't want to hurt people, and then for everyone to tell you no, that's how this works. You have to hurt. Yeah, people. you're good at it. Like do the do, keep hurting people. Yeah, I had this very bad football experience for this like kid who like just always hated me at school. Kept going under my pads and pinching my nipples. Like we were like uh, like up against each other on the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, uh, like, he kept doing it and kept doing it. I was like, stop it, stop it. And then I did it to him once, and the ref saw that, and I got thrown out of the game. No. Um, And I still, to this day, like, 
we'll like be looking up at the ceiling trying to go to sleep and be like what an injustice like (laughs) how dare oh my goodness i really need to emphasize how much of a spastic little bitch i was (laughs) (laughs) i mean like if there was if there was someone I'm not saying I deserved it, but I am saying it made sense. Does that make sense? Like, like Grace, Grace, look at me. It's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm fully being convinced. I'm like, yeah, I guess it sounds like you deserved it. No. <laughs> oh like, no, God. George, it sounds like she was being annoying. So. <laughs> I guess I hadn't considered like she was being kind of annoying. Yeah. Voice dancer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wow. Oh my God. Um, I, what would you say? I mean, Grace, like as someone who did go through Boy Scouts, what would your ideal version of a, of a gender neutral scout program be? I mean, I, I have actually kind of thought about this because I do really love the idea of like one thing. Okay. Some things that were good about the scouts were like, I did not grow up with like hardly any money. And I was able to go on trips all around the country to see like different Mm -hmm. national parks and like do all these cool wilderness experiences. And I do like treasure the the getting to see all of that and whatnot. So it would be cool to be able to have something for kids from like different like socioeconomic backgrounds where they would get to like go to Glacier National Park or Acadia or, you know, to like to sail around the Keys or like all these like kind of crazy, like really cool, like inspiring things that I think of like, um, you know, like those, just having those experiences did impact me in a positive way and seeing all of this like natural beauty and learning about the wilderness. So like, I think um, ideally um, it would be something along the lines of like, it's not based around gender. It's not based around religion. It's not based around patriotism. Uh, and there are no adults. It's just robots who have been programmed not to be pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a yeah. perfect version. Yeah. Well, it, it, it goes back to like, am I willing to be oppressed to go on this little trip? Yeah. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, that's a, what if the, the full circle of it all? Like, what if you could just do little trips without anyone being oppressed? That would be an incredible world. I think that, I mean, listen, dear President Biden, if you want to win, um, <laughs> he's a listener, like, by the way. He's yeah. a listener. He loves the pod. <laughs> if you want to win, that that would be so simple and you wouldn't even have to fulfill any of your campaign promises why not make a federally funded like little trips fund for gay kids uh, oh my god that sounds so good i want it so bad i mean if the gay little trips are like department yeah and i like i actually think it should be called gay little trip yes yeah (laughs) the least the government could do is just give gay kids one little trip when they're like 14 Oh, yeah. you think a year? Okay, sure. Every single sure. year. Yeah. So you, you're thinking more Bernie Sanders. Let's start the revolution. I'm kind of going at it more from a Pete Buttigieg angle. Yeah, you're a little I more just, incremental change. I want radical, radical yeah, gay yeah. little trips every single year. Yeah, I don't think you should have to be gay to go on them. No, you should. You have to be comfortable having someone think you're gay. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. No, it, it it should be like 100%. the gay version of the Scouts. Like it's like. Yeah, not everyone in the scouts is straight, but everyone has to act straight. <laughs> like everyone in these little oh, trips yes, has to basically yes, act yeah. gay. <laughs> yes, exactly. And at the um, end of every trip, there is a musical. 
God, some a listener is going to like call in and, and or write in and be like, you know, they actually do that in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> I also to go back one step, um, your idea to have um, robots that are programmed to not be pedophiles in the sci-fi movie of that um, premise, they definitely end up being pedophiles, yeah. <laughs> which it's so sad when you program them specifically to be one thing, to not be one thing, because it's going to end up being that thing. Yeah. You're really, I mean, excuse the phrase, you're really asking for it there <laughs> to program yes. robots that yes. can't be pedophiles. I, yeah. That's really fucked up of me. Actually. I shouldn't have even proposed. <laughs> what we should do is we should program robots to be like super pedophiles. <laughs> so that way, so that way when they go wrong, they don't fuck even a single kid. Yeah. Now know? we're thinking, now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> <laughs> It's really, you know, I, I, maybe this is too dark of a story, (laughs) but when I think about Boy Scouts and I think about, well, there was, we had this one assistant scoutmaster who this one particular kid would, who was not his kid would sit on his lap all the time. And I look back at that to this day. I, I'm not sure. Like, like with, with the news of like all of these, this, like, you know, all these lawsuits. I'm like, was that actually like weird and bad? Or was that just like, I, well, that's why you literally or, can't, like, you can't retain any memories from childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just can't, nothing good yeah, comes out of yeah, that. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, the, all right. I'm going to say goodbye to that memory. You gotta kiss it and say, does, you know, does it spark joy? Never. And then just throw <laughs> yeah. it out. Bye, Brandon. <sighs> Bye, Evan. I hope you yeah. were having a good time. Yeah. And we're never going to address that again. Never going to address that ever. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I mean, I, in less dark ways, I do feel sometimes it's unfair that I have to remember a lot of childhood. Like part of me wants to be like, okay, that was, that part of me is gone. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I mean, even just remembering like this past weekend, like I, you know, <laughs> it, it, I'm kind of never look back is my, is my mentality. <laughs> Yeah, I want to wake up every day and forget who I am and and start from there. Yeah, honestly, Drew Barrymore in 51st States, she did not know how good she had it. It was goals. Yeah, that was goals. <laughs> you you should be so lucky. It's true. Are you kidding me waking up on a boat every day and you're uh, you know, dating one of the best comedic actors of his generation? <laughs> what else do you want? What else do you want? I think she also had a dog. I mean, I don't know. She seemed yeah, fine to me. She had kids too. Oh yeah, that's right. I guess that's kind of scary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's weird that they had kids in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a reveal. I mean, that that's a the... horror story, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Another example of why remembering is bad. We should never remember that we watched 51st Dates. <laughs> or at least the ending. We can remember that, like, we watched it at some time, at yeah. some point, but not, not, not any of the problematic plot points. Right, right. I think um, all art should be censored. <laughs> and we should only yes, remember I the totally positive agree. parts. Like and we're, we're going to cut out the majority of this episode. Oh yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah. Like 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. We, we edit these down to just straight shooters. Yeah. And no trauma. <laughs> cool. Great. 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 <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, I mean, any, I, does anyone have any final thoughts on scout culture? Gender. <laughs> oh, oh, thoughts on gender? Yeah. I think gender is um it's both a pyramid and a sphere, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, the two genders. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I can. I'll elaborate that on that the next time I'm on. But yeah, I, I yeah. just wanted to like throw that out there. I mean, now I, I kind of want like one sentence on what you mean. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's it. It's a pyramid in the sphere and a sphere in the same way that the great pyramids are on Earth. That makes complete sense. I get it. Yep. yep. Yeah. No. No. No yeah. questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean i guess yeah, my concluding thoughts on boy scouts are it's too bad it's traumatic it could really we be should, something we keep um dead naming the scouts by calling them boy scouts they're yeah. the scouts <laughs> yes, right. yes yes <laughs> thank you for that i'm and I was never mind. It's, in it actually, too. it's not they, it's Zezer. Zezer. Yeah, it's called Z Scouts. <laughs> I think Z Scouts, you get your seven piercing badge. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm I really am just kind of like uh let's leave it in the past. Yeah. Bye, boy scouts. Bye, boy scouts. Bye, scouts. <laughs> bye, um, scouts. And well, I'll see you on our... gay little trips. Should we do our final seg? Yeah. All right. I think so. Why not? Yeah. I say why not? I say why not? Um, Grace, our final segment is called Shout Outs. And then um, we pay homage to the classic street tradition of a radio shout out sort of to anything that we enjoy uh, in the style. Imagine it's uh, 2001 and you're in Times Square at TRL shouting back to your squad at home. Uh, just about anything you enjoy. And now, George, do you have one? Oh, I have one. Okay. Okay. What's up, perverts around the globe? I would like to give a huge, uh, warm shout out to the man I met at the pool named Charlie. He, I met a 68-year-old man at the Y, and he struck up a conversation with me because I kept passing him because I get to feel fast when I swim at the pool because everyone there is elderly. And um, this man was uh, very kind, and then it was kind of my fantasy of someone talking to me about like their wife while in the locker room. Room. I don't know why this is what I want in the world, but I really dream of men complaining about their wives to me while in various states of undress. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm Folks, he's weird. becoming a parody of himself. <laughs> I'm normal and um, this is fun and um, I'm not, I'm always true to myself and I love myself. XOXO, Sam. Woo! Um, well, I guess it's my turn. Oh, you know what? I, this is like, I'm just going to do it. Please. What's up, freaks and geeks by Judd Apatow? <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out to James Gandolfini in season one of The Sopranos. Now, I've at this point mentioned that I've finally, after many years of trying, began my first full watch of The Sopranos. I've mentioned it on two episodes of the podcast and on various social media platforms. I am here to tell you, James Gandolfini wearing a tank top with his little tattoo and then taking off the tank top and going into the pool. I have never felt so alive as a man in my life than watching that on my screen. He is one of the hottest people who has ever lived. And may he rest in nothing but peace. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> wow, George doing Sam drag. Grace. Hey, boobs, tubes, and rubes, what's up? <laughs> I want to give a little shout out to my dog, Artemis's urethra, um, <laughs> for being able 
to piss just a little bit on our bed. Um, you know, <laughs> like being able to control the piss enough to only do a little splash to be like, hey, you weren't paying attention to me. Why are you going back to New York, mommy? Um, and, uh, because she, what was it? Two nights ago? Yeah, I guess two nights ago, me and my partner were, were packing. Well, my partner was helping me pack. Very kind of them. I, they didn't need to, well, but point being, uh, they're helping me pack to go to New York. And I realized that Artie had, had peed just such a like perfect amount. So it was like a, a four inch little circle of pee on the comforter and it didn't even go through the comforter so we were able to just throw that in the wash it was just like so nice i mean like i wish she hadn't pissed but it was cool of her to like just piss a little bit yeah you know um, and so shout out to artemis and her urethra shout out. pissing a little bit it's like a, a warning rebellion. shot a little warning shot yeah. i mean yeah. that's you know that's intelligence that most animals don't have mm-hmm yeah. Also, shout out to M, my partner, for for actually being the one who realized that piss was there before we like put anything on top of it. Shout um, out. That's helpful. Shout, shout out, out to the whole family. <laughs> shout out to the whole fam. Yeah. Well, wow, Grace, this has been an absolute joy. I think we all incredible. trauma dumped. And really? now yeah, we're never beautiful. looking back again. Our childhoods, I think we can now close the book on all of our childhoods after this episode. I, uh, yeah, I, think, I think so. so I hope I brought <laughs> I hope I met your, your, or exceeded your You absolutely did. I was, I yes. felt so comfortable. Like I was, my biggest fear is when a guest doesn't have things to say and I have to fill the silence and then I'm forced to sound stupid. And luckily <laughs> that didn't happen in this episode. And I sounded, Oh yeah. I definitely was the one who sounded stupid. I was <laughs> the one who was able to, to I know, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. But no, this is incredible. This is great. Uh, I'm so, I, I rarely, I rarely, I rarely get so hungover anymore, and I'm I'm glad that I was able to line up for yeah. the recording of this podcast. It's good. It's good to have it. Kind of made magic. It made luckily, a yeah. Bit of luckily, now that it magic, has happened, yeah. it's in the past, and we're never looking back on it again. And not yeah. releasing this episode ever. In fact, <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Right. Well, thank you for having me on, you two. Thank yeah, you, Grace. For doing it. Bye. Bye. Bye.